You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, listeners. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here on the phone with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm awesome. I You got a topic for me. You, you, you threw out the name of it, and I don't know anything more than that. What are we talking about today? We're talking about play ideas that kids p- come up with and kids play that adults do not like. Oh! <laughs> Tell me more. Ones. Well, you know, I think there isn't a single adult out there who hasn't been at some point absolutely startled by some sort of play or wants to redirect the play idea that their child comes up with. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's because it's not nice or because it's... um, Okay, so some, some play ideas might be destructive to people or property, and I think if people are following renegade rules, you know that the golden rule for this is it's okay if it's not hurting people or property. Mm-hmm. So those, you know, that Dr. Seuss book with um, the cat in the hat, where thing one and thing two come in, that kind of play you need to set some limits on and say thing one and thing two, you need to do that play outside or you need to, you know, not, not hurt mama's dress or whatever it is. But if it's not hurting people and property and it's an idea that's, that the child has and they're playing and it's just bothering you, ask yourself, you know, why is this not okay? Because in the child's word, world, it's something they're interested in, something they're not hurting anybody by, something they're exploring, and it's probably you've got your adult lenses on. And, and um, as someone said to me recently, our problems are not the children's problems. The children have their own problems they're trying to work out, and we often impose our problems on them and think that it's all the same. Often they're totally separate. <laughs> That's juicy. So here's an example. Yeah, give me an example. I mean, um, the other day, some neighborhood kids and my kids are playing, and um, this can happen at any age. They they were having a grand old time in the backyard running around, so I'm thinking, great, social play, imaginative play, outdoor play, negotiating rules. There were a few conflicts that came up. They solved them. Okay, this is all good stuff. And I was in a happy mood partly seeing them play. And then my youngest comes in and said, we were playing um, Shoot the Cops. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, oh, and, you know, I had just turned off NPR where we were talking about uh, police shooting uh-huh. both directions, with the police shooting people and with uh, civilians shooting police back and forth. It's been in the news a lot, and here are my kids playing Shoot the Cops. And they were really happy because they just killed some in their play and they were done they were hungry they wanted to come in and Uh stop playing and do something else and so you have these moments where you think ugh (laughs) I don't want this kind of play to go on is what the adult brain and heart is thinking and it's just it it makes us wonder if our kids are okay and if they're going to grow up to be mass murderers or whatever it is it's just a play topic that really gets under our skin so 
I'm here to say that kind of play is okay. If if it's done as these kids are doing, you know, they're negotiating the rules, they're having fun, they're coming up with their ideas. They had um, they had wanted, they'd been playing cops and robbers, and they, this is an age-old game. Uh-huh. And they had been the cops at first, but then they wanted to switch around and see what it felt like to be the bank robber because it was actually a lot more adventure. Yeah. You know, you had to be sneaky, and it was kind of fun to be on the on the robber side. Yeah. Because, you know, being the villain is sometimes really cool and gives that extra kick of adrenaline and adventure and action and whatever that they were looking for. Um, also, from a moral point of view, <laughs> trying out different um, perspectives, including trying out being the bad guy or the robber or whoever it is, trying out that other role is part of helping a child develop their morals. It's incredible, but, you know, taking the perspective of somebody else, whether they're good guy, bad guy, whatever kind of person, helps a child learn more about how to take the view of other people. So this has been documented by researchers who study moral development, that this is actually a sign of good moral development to be yeah. able to do this kind you gotta, of you got to look through However, that lens. we don't think of that. Yeah, yeah. No. we don't think of that when the kids come in and say that. <laughs> so... It's it's complicated, but it's mostly complicated because of our reactions. So, and I'm sure you have stories similar uh, that um, you've seen kids come up with that bother adults. See that kind of the, what you described there. I, I'm kind of like. Uh, that I mean, that's not going to read well when I write that up for the parents at the end of the day. But I'm cool with that. The the play that often left me with that feeling was some of the docile princessy play that a lot of little girls get involved in because I would prefer to see them doing the wild, rambunctious, full-body, in-motion kind of stuff. And so when I see grandbabies settling down for a engagement of princess party time, it kind of goes, it kind of bothers me, but I, I get it. Um, and I, I do what I can to support it, but that I, it, it's just kind of the flip of, of what you were talking about kind of is the oh, thing yeah. that gets under my skin. Whatever it is that, and, and they're often the extremes, so yeah. maybe gunplay, it may be princess play, often the extremes really bother us. And for those of you listening and interested in the princess side, I have a whole chapter on princess play in, in my second book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, so you can dive into that if you're interested. But it's those things that bother us as adults, and we, we tend to extrapolate and, and, and say, oh my gosh, this child is going to grow up to be a... Uh, you know, a, a helpless female a with no good role models and <laughs> yeah. won't be able to help herself. And we think, we, we project that this one game they're playing at this one moment, and maybe it happens day after day, and so we, we get worried about it. But really, they're four years old, or they're three years old, or they're seven years old, and this too will stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you can do a few things. I think when, when it's the opposite of... of the extreme action play when it's the princess play. Sometimes an adult, if you see this kind of play going on a lot, you can offer information, just as you can offer information for any kind of play. You can say something like, well, I know princesses can also rescue themselves. Just Mm -hmm. say it and see what happens with that. Um, 
actually since the Disney movie Frozen, there's been a lot of changes in kids' princess play. Just anecdotally, kids will say, oh, well, you know, um, the girl can rescue her sister. It doesn't have... There was one little girl who would stand at the top of the climber and want all the boys to rescue her, and she said, I'm the princess, rescue me. She was on top of a tower in mm-hmm. her mind. And so she would shout out, you know, rescue me. Well, a lot of the boys thought that was kind of fun because they, res- they wanted to be good guys and rescue somebody. Uh-huh. But some days they weren't interested or she couldn't get anyone to rescue her. And so then she started to come up. She still wanted to play this game, so she came up with other ways to rescue herself or to have the girls rescue her or... You know, the play can evolve, and sometimes an adult can drop a word or an idea that helps the play evolve, and sometimes the kids just want to play this one thing for a long time, and then they'll move on and be done with it. Yeah, yeah. one phrase I, I, I like to use in presentations is that play is in the child, not the toy. Their play grows from their 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 knowledge of the world, from their interest, from, from what they've been exposed to recently. Um, what's go- it grows from what's going on in their heads, and that's usually the best play for that moment because it is, it is totally child-initiated, and it's probably much more learning-rich than anything we could... We could uh, uh, cook up for them um, with our with our schedules and with our agendas and with our curriculums, and and so following that play not only is, is it, it, although it might be uncomfortable for us, sometimes it's it's exactly what that child needs at that moment because it's right. it's something they're engaged in, it's something they're trying to work through, it's it's something to them, and and that right. meaning makes it valuable. Right, and I think that um, a lot of uh, there is some play that I that I would say that can bother me as an adult that I actually um, take as a signal that maybe things aren't quite right is when kids are um, following a script of a movie or a TV show too constantly and too perfectly. Um, Mm. That's a sign that they're getting a heavy dose of media and maybe need to have that TV or video clicked off or that video game and, and have more time away from it. So, you know, if you're a provider, a teacher, you could say, I've noticed that Natalie is playing um, Frozen over and over and over and over. Do you have the video at home or whatever the movie is? Or um, I'm wondering if you're seeing this at home also or does she vary the play? Uh Because sometimes kids take an idea from a TV show or whatever it is and then they expand on it. So first they might play the story they just watched last night, but then they change the superpowers or they change the characters or they add in a new person and they make it their own game using some of those characters. Mm-hmm. Now that, that's child's play again. But if it's too much following what the media has presented over and over, that's a sign that they're getting a pretty heavy media dose and might want to, as a parent, dial it back or as a teacher mention that that's what you're seeing and that that there's ways to or as a teacher turn off the screen in your program because that happens way too much too um, and so you wouldn't shut down you wouldn't shut down the play you would try to all try to curtail the media consumption that's leading to it is that what yeah yeah, yeah. And you can also ask questions of the child because sometimes if they're if they have a heavy media uh, dose, uh-huh. then they may not even know that they can come up with their own ideas. Yeah, they may not know they can write their own script. And so you can say, you know, I wonder what other superpower would be cool for Elsa to have, or I wonder um, if she could have a different name. Or 
just see what they're interested in. They may not be interested in changing anything, but it may not have occurred to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- some of the other play that that adults dislike, I think, has to do with with volume and motion more than it does content. Um, uh-huh. When the kids get too loud or too rambunctious, we, we, we as adults uh, often shut it down. And so I think that becomes more of the dealing, being able to support it, um, becomes more of an environmental issue. Uh, if, if that's kind of a play that you struggle with, you've got to still think about creating spaces where you can make those things uh, okay for yourself because kids kids need to move and they need to they, I mean they, they have voices they need to they need to use them uh, and and so I think a lot of programs especially need to uh, need to look at ways that they can can alter their physical space to be more supportive of those bits of play yeah yeah it's a, it's a flip side almost uh, what bothers us with the ideas and what bothers us with the, the physical part um, but if you're finding that you're saying no too much, um, it may be that, that either your expectations and or your, the environment you're offering is not right for what the kids need because big motion and sometimes near constant motion um, is a need of many young kids. Uh, so we just moved into a new house. We have a basement for the first time, which is great because they can have an indoor space with a big empty room where any big game is fine. Um, but even in a small space, having an area, we have a designated spot in a home or in a, um, in a program where there can be big bodies, where this is the room where you can have loud voices mm-hmm. you can, and this stuff is welcomed. So not if you have two rooms or, or half of a room where you have one big room and you can make one half of it where the big motion can happen. I think it's important to allow if you have kids who don't want to be part of the bigness have a place where they can be and feel that their bodies are safe um, yeah. and also make them feel safe and welcome and also um, have the kids who need the loudness, fastness, bigness of action and noise to have a spot where they, that is welcome um, most of the day. Maybe there's a time that you're reading a story where that's not welcome. Maybe there's a time where they're sitting and eating that that's not welcome. But most of the time, or nap time, <laughs> most of the time of the day, they should be allowed to have that kind of play welcomed either outdoors or in a big indoor space. I, I, I saw this happen at my house two weekends ago. We had a had a kind of a end of the summer kind of deck party and uh, a bunch of, bunch of former family child care kids and their families showed up and these 8 10 12 14 16 year olds who were when they were in our care were one three five seven year olds jumped back into our outdoors play space and our indoor play space like they were those little people again and went right back into that it was almost as if they'd been here the day before and were four at the time they jumped right back into it and i think there's a lot of muscle memory to those spaces when you get older i was just thinking about this they they turned into their littler selves again when they were allowed the freedom to be the boss of their own play and and the reality is that they they left us and headed off into school they may not have had many opportunities for that kind of place since then, and uh, it was just it was just kind of joyful and refreshing to to see these big bodies um, engaging like that in those spaces again. 
Right, and I think when we talk about noise and, and, and big action, though, we need to re- remember that adults have rights on this, too. So well, if it's too, if too loud for you as an adult, um, you, can, uh, you can do things to, to... You have a right not to be deafened constantly. Uh-huh. And, and so speak up. If something's too loud or say, you're using a really loud voice right now and it hurts my ears. Um, if you need to be making loud shouts for your game, do it over there. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, give them a place where it's welcome, but let them know it's impacting you and set a boundary because otherwise we're going to um, really feel terrible being around the kids and get grumpy and start losing our patience, yeah. and that's bad for everybody. Ye- so be gentle to yourself. Set boundaries, and if your ears are hurting or you're feeling overstimulated or it's just too much, Make a change, change the location for the kids, or say it's not the right time right now, and I know you need to do this noise, but, and, and find a way you can balance I, that. I got, I got a, a, an inexpensive and easy solution for, for a lot of that noise problem. Foam, foam earplugs. You can, you can buy a dozen of them for a couple bucks, and you pop those into your ears, and you can still hear, still hear what's going on. It just takes the noise down a little bit. And, uh, and I, I, I think foam earplugs have probably saved the lives of, of some children uh, <laughs> since, since I've been preaching about them the last, the last couple years because the, the parent is ready to strangle the kid. And, but you can, you can just knock the, you can knock the edge off of that, that noise out in the playground and that kind of stuff. And you can still hear what's going on. You can still hear the stuff you need to hear. Um, it just takes the edge off, and life gets a little bit easier if the, the sound, the noise is really the thing that's bothering you. So there. There, tip of the, tip of the day. <laughs> I've got a pair of, of yellow and pink ones I'm holding right now because um, grandbaby. Um, so what else do we need to know about this topic? We just kind of support the play that we're uncomfortable with, huh, most of the time? If there's something that's, you know, really, I would say if it's a really uh, difficult play topic that's targeting another child that the a specific kid that the kid knows. Let's say, you know, they're playing a, a game where they're trying to attack or kill, imaginary kill a certain kid, mm-hmm. and maybe the kid's not even there. If it's targeting a certain person who's a real-life person, that's worth stopping and talking Have a about. conversation. Yeah, but if it's all imaginary stuff and it's not a particular real-life, if nobody's getting hurt, um, not their bodies, not their feelings, and, and the kids are are engaging in imaginary play and they're following their own ideas, Yeah, um, then that gives you a lot of clues to what's going mutual consent. on inside of them. And afterwards, you can also, if it's something that bothers you, you could say, I, um, I was watching your game. I wonder what it was all about and what you liked about it. You can just talk to them about it. But try to, um, try to be open about the fact that the ideas they have inside of them need to come out. And often it's the kids who are most anxious and fearful that are going to be playing the most action-filled, shoot-em-up kind of games. Because they're trying to find, uh, they're trying to conquer their fears, Uh and they're trying to um, find... Uh Uh-oh. I lost you for a second. Okay. They're trying to conquer their fears and find some way of being powerful. And a lot of times this kind of play provides that. 
Yeah, I want to touch on one thing that you, you mentioned getting hurt. I think we also need to we need to understand that a child. Sometimes we rush in because we think somebody's going to be getting hurt because the the play looks so rough. Kids are very good at policing that for themselves, and and what what looks violent and painful to us may not be to them, and and so sometimes we need to you know allow them to be the boss of of how aggressive stuff gets because I I, I remember rough and tumble play with with my buddies back in the day when we were five and six and eight and 12 and 14 and sometimes it looked terribly painful and gruesome to any adult standing by i'm sure but we were having the time of our lives right and i i have some wrestlers in the family um and so i often will hear various noises and (laughs) after a while i will go and just sometimes i'll go and stick my head out and say are you both having fun Uh uh-huh is this fun for both of you? Or is this still fun for yeah, both of you? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Because somebody that starts out fun for one and then the other one this or that. So usually they poke their heads up and start grinning <laughs> and say, yeah, we're, this is great. Exactly. And I said, okay, just checking, and on they go. Yeah, that, that check-in, that's, that's really all they need from us in those situations. Perfect. Well, let's wrap this one up. Any, any parting words? Um. Be kind to yourselves if this is really hard for you because adult, it's hard to stop seeing things as an adult. It really is tough. So I think we should devote another episode to you know, topics specifically on, say, weapon play and things yeah. like that. Because yeah, absolutely. This, this is tough stuff, and um, it can be really beneficial to your children, but it can be really heart-wrenching as an adult to try to cope with this. Yeah, and it, if it's something... Go easy on yourself. Yeah, if it's something if it's something that's new to you, just considering allowing some of these kind of play, this, these kinds of plays that step in the right direction, and, and it takes it takes some, some, some effort, some work to wrap your head around the benefits of this stuff, so we'll, we'll make sure we get right. those those future episodes in the queue so we can talk and more while, about it. Yeah, while we're waiting for that, just keep in mind that if it's what's happening in real life is what matters. Yeah. So if the kids are laughing together, work, uh, playing together, having fun together, that's what matters. They're actually learning social skills, even if the game itself seems horribly violent to you. Absolutely. And if you got questions, you can always get a hold of both of us on the interwebs. They're, I mean, you know how to use Google. You can find us. Uh, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy your day. Bye-bye. Bye. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.